Hey, you are back with Ginny and Tash. We are Riding in the Weeds, a podcast where we talk about ways that our challenges, our working with horses, working with bikes, building our businesses have allowed us to see how we can get stuck in the weeds and so many ways that we can get back out of them. So today we are kind of just talking about just that, the light at the end of the tunnel. So we're going to dig deep into how there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. So if you've been going through challenges, if you understand challenges and sometimes you feel like you're just in it and it's just tough and there's not ever going to be another side, stick with us, have a chat and we're going to talk about how we get to the light at the end of the tunnel and what that means. How you doing, Jenny? I'm doing great, Tosh. How are you? I am doing doing pretty good today. Yeah, absolutely. It's getting dark and I'm really understanding the idea of sad right now. Yes, yes. It's been hitting hard. The time change was like a week or two ago now and yeah, it's been hitting hard. Yeah, it's interesting because I don't really believe in that a lot of the time. I'm like, oh, that doesn't affect me. And then, you know, I'm, I'm coming out in the morning. I'm like, kind of feeling down. Can't really put my finger on it. I'm like, oh you know what, maybe this is the shared experience that is actually really important because so often we just think it's us and I'm so quick to dismiss the shared experience. Like, well, we are just making that up. But actually a lot of the times, no, like sad is a thing. The way that our body is affected, it's like when we talk about cycles and our periods and just things we're going through in life there is some real data when the moon is waning definitely the energy shifts so I think that's a really important thing to start this conversation off with is you know what it's not always you that's a good thought and you're so right that it really isn't always you Um, The moon, it is a new moon right now, actually. So we're at that shift point again and sort of in the darkness. And I'll go on Facebook and I'll start scrolling and all the updates and posts I'll see from my friends and stuff are like, ah, I feel terrible right now. I'm so stressed out. I'm having such a hard time. I can see the reflected collective energy going on. And it's just a great reminder that it's not always just you, that there's a lot going on in the world. There's a lot going on energy-wise that's kind of unseen that has a huge impact on us. And I think if we can stop taking it so personally, it makes it easier just to go, huh, well, there was just another ripple in the energy and keep moving without sort of internalizing that as our problem or something that needs fixing. Yeah, absolutely. And let's just kind of come into that fixing idea for a moment because you've come at come at me. That's not the right way to put it, but you've you've definitely <laughs> given me that to ponder recently that there's not always something to fix. There's not always something that is wrong. It it is just part of the experience. It's part of the journey. It's like when you're out on your mountain bike and you're riding up a hill and you've gone out riding with a group of friends that's slightly faster than you. And the first thing that starts to internalize is, oh my goodness, I should be dot, 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 dot. I should be faster. I should be fitter. I should do this more. These people are better than me. I'm not as good as them. No, the reality is that 
they're riding faster and they're getting to the top of the hill faster and they're going to stop and wait at the top. And that's really all that is actually going on in the situation. Whereas when you've got that time as you're huffing and puffing and struggling to keep up, the brain just wants to be like, how can I fix this? What can I do better? What can I do differently? When often there actually isn't, especially when it comes to riding bikes, our physical bodies and the way that we have built our schedules, our lifestyles, all of these things. Sometimes I'm in a space where I want to be a really fast biker and I'll go and I'll push myself and I'll think about my pedaling efficiency and I will practice going fast up hills and then you know break my wrist and I haven't been on my bike for now over two months and now there's a good chance if I jumped on my bike and went for a bike ride I wouldn't be as fast as I was two three months ago and that would just be the reality it wouldn't be that I needed to fix something it would just be that that's where I was in my journey and the experience that I was having and it doesn't make them better and it doesn't make me worse it just it just is. Yeah. And I think that's a great start to this conversation about the light at the end of the tunnel. Because I think so often when we get into a situation like your wrist, you know, you've been dealing with for two months now, you know, the whole saga of me moving barns and having to rehab this farm, which has also been just over two months, that when you're in the thick of that, it feels like you'll never get to the other side. It feels like this is life now and it's permanent. But the reality is that the only constant in the universe is change. That's it. There is nothing else that is as dependable as change. And both of us now, I think, are coming out to the other side, the light at the end of the tunnel, finally seeing some of those shifts. And I think that's important to remember in the middle of that is that in the thick of it, it's not wrong. It's not wrong to feel the things you're feeling, to feel overwhelmed, to feel frustrated or scared or angry or whatever you're feeling. But at the same time, you just have to keep going through it. And eventually you'll come out the other side if you can just be where you're at in the moment. I love that. I think really being where you're at, at the, in the moment. And I am so appreciative to having this big, beautiful, furry animal that I have at my feet right now. Because honestly, this morning I woke up and I was like, oh, feeling tired. I don't want to get out of bed. I got to meet Jenny. We're going to get going. So Tiaki needs his walk. And, you know, we're outside. And I just kept on looking at this just... They say that dogs are angels without wings and there are so many times when I look at this just gorgeous being and he makes me smile and brings me right into that moment where I am right now, which is outside walking in the forest with this happy, lovable creature whose biggest problem is like, oh, what's that smell? You know, where am I going to take my morning poop? <laughs> it's just, it really grounds me into that that right now and nothing else actually really matters. I think, you know, we get so stuck in the darkness because we can't see the light and we forget that we're just in this space of growth. It, it is literally like when you're in bed and it's warm and it's comfortable and you're cozy and you're safe and then you have to 
get out. <laughs> and just even sometimes getting out of bed gives us the opportunity to see the edges, to grow in that moment because moving from comfort to discomfort is something that as a human being, we try to avoid at all costs. Yeah, it's funny because growth is such a great way to frame it anyway. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're growing. But when you think about it, seeds need to be in the dark to grow. They need certain conditions. And the awesome thing about mother nature is she's going to try hard to grow anyway. I have tomatoes that grow because tomatoes fell and rotted in my garden last year and new tomato plants grow. Tomatoes are not perennials. It does freeze here. We had a mild winter last winter, but it gets cold. That's not supposed to happen that way. And yet almost every year I have volunteer plants in my garden because they regrow from whatever was left over that I didn't clear out well enough. So we have to have adversity and we have to have some challenge in our lives in order to grow at all. That's normal and that's the way it is. So when we find ourselves in those moments, if we can figure out how to just pause and be like, oh, hey, I'm growing again. You know, there's growth going on here. That's why I'm sitting in the dark. That's why things are hard. Then it makes it a lot easier to be a little more objective and have a bigger picture view and allow that struggle to just flow through. Remembering it's not going to be that way forever is the biggest key for me. Absolutely. It's funny as you're talking, I'm just imagining this little person wandering through a tunnel and having the choice to either sit down in the darkest spot and just give up and just be like, it's too dark. I can't see where I'm going and just take a seat. Or that same idea of putting your hand on the edge of the, the tunnel and just keeping on taking one step at a time. It actually reminds me, there's a tunnel on the rail grade nearby here, and it is, I think, 1.7 kilometers long. 1.2 or 1.7. It's a really long tunnel. And the first time I ever did this tunnel, we were going in the opposite direction that most people ride the rail grade. And we go into this tunnel. We had no idea that the tunnel existed. So we didn't have lights. We had a lighter, I think, maybe. And we come into this tunnel. And I kid you not, if you go in one direction, it's like 50 meters. And then you go around the corner and you see the light at the end of the tunnel, which can be kind of creepy if there's somebody standing there because you're literally like, well, if I was a cougar or a predatory animal, this would be a great place to stand because I'm just going to stand here and wait for whatever is coming to walk out the other end. But when you go in the opposite direction, that curve, literally you walk for like over a kilometer before you see a light at the end of the tunnel and it just gets darker and darker and scarier and scarier and you start thinking about whoever built the tunnel and did people die when this tunnel was being built and you know it gets to a point where you can't see anything and it's like should I turn around and go back am I going to get to the light at the end of the tunnel and then there's a point where the tunnel curves and you're suddenly in the light and you just pop out the other end and it's such a great metaphor and I remember as I say the first time we did it it was the most crazy experience because there was no light I'm like wow this tunnel literally there isn't a light at the end of the tunnel and I think so often that's how we feel and we either trust and we think about okay what's the vision what do we want to create here what is possible 
and we just keep taking one step after another, like logically there's gonna be an end to this tunnel. And if we just keep taking those steps, we will find it. But if you sit down and you give up, or if you just sit down and take a break, you're gonna be there for longer. It's going to be harder. The storm is going to to last for longer. Yeah. I love this analogy too, because like your comment about not having lights, like there's a really easy solution to that situation is to have a bike light or a flashlight or something. So what comes to mind for me is what tools can you get in the middle of the tunnel that will help you navigate? There's been episodes where we've already gone through a lot of this stuff. It's like, how do you deal with that in the middle, that sort of thick of the middle when you're in the weeds over your head and you can't see? What do you do? What tools can you bring? And that just makes it easier to get through the tunnel. Of course, a little tiny bike light is not going to be a lot of light for a huge tunnel like that, but it's going to provide you something and it'll help you see the next step and the next step and the next step. And so when you're looking for that light at the end of the tunnel, what resources do you have around you that will help you get to the light at the end of the tunnel faster? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because we don't want to be vulnerable. And so quite often we don't reach out. We don't tell people what we're going through. Over the last eight weeks, my rest, my career, my life just being in a complete upheaval, the most beautiful thing about this experience actually I will say has been that my husband and I have been going through it together like obviously he doesn't have a broken wrist but everything else has been happening he's dealing with doing the dishes for you because of the broken wrist (laughs) yeah absolutely oh my goodness dealing with so many things and doing such a great job and so we've we've kind of been in the trenches together so often we don't reach out to friends and I've had so many conversations with people recently where I've been like hey how are things going like actually the last couple of months has been really hard and you know back to the energies I think there's been a lot of you know growth going on for a lot of people over the last couple of months and everyone is dealing with a challenge and dealing with something going on and when you actually sit down and talk to somebody about what they're going through you realize A, you're not alone, and B, quite often, the thing that you think would solve all of your problems, whether it be you're struggling riding up a hill on your bike, so obviously fitness or being thinner might solve that problem, and then you talk to somebody who has that and that's actually not doing it for them because they don't even know how to pedal efficiently. The only reason I have this problem is because I'm not rich. If I was rich, then this wouldn't be an issue for me. I could just pivot and things would be easy and then you talk to somebody who you look at and think well they don't have those issues because they've got a great career they've made better choices in their life but they're going through their own struggles they've got something going on for them that you're like well actually they've got the resources that I wish I had and that's not making it easy for them they've still got a challenge going on we question our life choices if only I had done this or maybe I should have done that and you, you talk to people that are in that space that you think if you were in everything would be easy and you wouldn't be having this issue and they've got their stuff going on too so we all have challenges and what I've really realized is quite often you wouldn't trade your challenge for somebody else's challenge yeah I can really agree with that because when I look back at some of the biggest challenges in my life, I can also see 
how that challenge, the light at the end of the tunnel from that challenge actually gave me something better and how I ended up in a better place because I went through that challenge that in all likelihood, if I had never had the challenging experience to begin with, I never would have ended up where I am. I had a business taken out from under me when we were asked to leave a farm we were renting. I have lost my job before. I've had a lot of things and a lot of adversity that's happened in my life that when I was in the middle of the tunnel, it sucked. It was terrible and I wondered how I would ever get out of it. But in every instance, I've gained way more than I truly quote unquote lost in the experience. I lost my job and ended up starting a business. So sometimes that's what's important about being in the middle of the tunnel is just having some faith and belief that the light at the end of the tunnel is going to be better than whatever you left at the beginning of the tunnel. Oh, it's so true. And it it's, brings to mind the whole idea of when you're learning something new. Like when I'm teaching people to ride bikes, so let's say they want to do a jump and they're scared to go off the jump. But the thing is, unless you go off of that jump, you're never gonna learn what you're doing wrong. So you cannot get better until you actually face the possibility of crashing. And it, on, on, like it's a mountain bike, so you crash. And you generally get back up and you do it again and you're like, oh, I crashed, but I got up and I did it again and everything was totally fine and I was good. So. Yeah, it's just a matter of moving through and growing and getting where we need to go. Finding the light. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So I was recently reading a book that had a lot of great messages in it. The one that really stuck out to me was the idea that there's a tipping point and pain pushes until vision pulls. So when we get into these situations, when we get into these challenges, so often it, it happens because something's thrown us, we've been shaken up, and we're in the pain, we're in the struggle, we're out of our comfort. And that has to happen because that is what will push us. We need a catalyst. So that pain will push us for so far. And then what comes next is, is the vision. So back to our tunnel analogy is you're in the tunnel, it's super dark, and then your vision is, is that light, right? What is it you want to create? What is the world you want to live in? How is the experience you want to have? And so then you're able to start to create the vision and let yourself move from where you are, where you want to sit down and just give up to what's happening on the other side. And I think if we just always remember that these things are always happening for us. Life happens for us. It doesn't happen to us. And we get to grow, we get to experience, and we kind of get to choose how hard we want to make it. And the longer we let ourselves be pushed by pain and not allow ourselves to be pulled by that vision, that's where the discomfort becomes really difficult and really uncomfortable. And that is what makes us want to kind of just sit down and give up. I remember having anemia many years ago. I've gone through it so many times. But the first one I, time I really had anemia and I remember going for a bike ride and I was riding up this hill and I, all I could see was the places where I could probably quite happily just sit down and have a nap. And honestly, if the 
trees grew over me and I disappeared into the earth, I would have been totally okay at that point in time because I was so tired. And yet I just kept telling myself, you are going to get to the top. This is going to get easier. And there was a good reason. There's always a good reason why you are where you are. And it's not generally your fault. It's not something that you need to fix. I mean, obviously fixing the iron issues, but it's not like there's something wrong with you fundamentally. There's just something that's happening at that moment in time. And if you can just keep on moving, you will wake up one day and you're like, hey, I can see the light. I can see the vision. I can see where I'm going. Oh, look, I kept pedaling and I got to the top of the hill. I remember I was weeding a garden once and I was just focused on this one little patch and then I looked up and all I could see was weeds. And I was like, you know what? Just take it one little patch. Look, you've cleared this little bit. And then I cleared another little bit. And every once in a while I'd look up and I'd be like, oh, this job's big. And I'd look back down and I'd clear another little bit. And I took that and started using that to get me up mountains when I was on my mountain bikes. I'd be like, you know, this is just like pulling weeds. If you look at the top, you're like, whoa, so I've got a long way to go. But if you just look at how far you've actually come, then you start to see that every little step you take gets you to the next place that you're going, gets you to that vision. And, you know, quite often it's a series of really hard decisions that we also have to make. And I think that's also part of the challenge. And that's where the vision comes in. Yeah, I love that so much. You're right that it's totally pain that pushes. And so often I think a lot of us end up in pain before we can begin to find the vision. And if we can just keep asking questions, then that will help create the movement that we need. Like what is the next best step I can take in this moment that will help me get through this challenge? That might be taking a nap that might be doing research on how to get rid of noxious weeds. <laughs> that might be hand exercises. You never know what that's going to be. That might be asking somebody for help. But whatever that next best step is that's going to be the most supportive is going to get you to the light at the end of the tunnel faster than only allowing the pain to be the motivator. And if you can ask that question, then you will keep moving no matter what. It might be a coach, it might be a break, it might be some other form of information, it might be to go out and do something. It might be to go pull weeds. That may be the next best step. And at the end of the day, that's really what matters. But I've pretty much come to the conclusion that there's no big leaps in this world. All of the quote, big success that you see with anybody or the breakthrough thing was preceded by hundreds, if not thousands of tiny, tiny steps and decisions that were made, sometimes feeling like you were in the dark in order for that breakthrough to happen. And I think that's kind of like coming out of the end of the tunnel and suddenly you're in the blinding light again. But it, there was all those little steps that led to that point. And you have to go through them. You can't really skip them. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, sadly, as I tell the kids, like, I'm sorry, you got to climb up the hill in order to go back down it again. Most of the time, if you want to have the fun and you want to roll down the mountain and you want to really experience that joy of 
flying and just having that fun of, of rolling down the mountain on your bike, you can't get there without climbing up. Like, yeah, sometimes you can shuttle. However, it often feels better, and I love shuttling, but it really does often feel a lot better. You are not the same person at the top of the hill than you were at the bottom of the hill. And you go through the experience and it changes you and every step you take grows those edges and makes you into a slightly different version of who you were before. And that's, that's life as hard as it can be and as challenging as it can be, it is life. The other day I felt like I had emerged from the tunnel and I was standing in the sunlight and everything felt great. And then I walked down the path a little bit further and sure enough, I was back in another tunnel. But this one's shorter, right? And it's the same with riding a bike, right? We've got a trail called the Seven Summits and the first hill is nine, 10 kilometers long, whatever that is in miles. And you do 2,000 vertical feet of climbing. And you, right? (laughs) And then you kind of ride along the ridge And then you drop down and you drop and you do like a 1,500 vertical foot descent over a few more kilometers. I remember the first time I did this trail half down, I was like, oh, shoot. I was having so much fun. And then it dawned on me that I was going to have to go back up the other side. That if I was going down this far, that there was clearly going to be another big climb on the other side. But the next one isn't as big. And then you get to go down again. And and the descent is also not as long the next time. And then you go up and then you go down. And then you go up and along and up and along and up and along. And then the last final descent is like 13 kilometers. I'm not sure what the vertical drop on that one is. But it's so good and it's so long that you actually get to the point where you're like, is this going to be over soon? And so even when we're in the good stuff, we sometimes get to our limits of how much good can we actually hold and then it's over and we're back riding up another hill again. So it's it's a great trail. That is life. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's the end of that. That is how things roll. It's sometimes hard. You got to roll down the other side and yeah, really experiencing every moment and enjoying every part of the journey. Well, not enjoying, but at least being present for every part of it, I think is what really helps us. And it helps us grow. So next time we're in something, we've got those tools that you talk about. You know, you threw the headlamp in the backpack so that it's always there, just just in case. I've been stuck out in the dark as this time change is getting me a few times with the dog. And again, like, How many times is that going to happen before I actually go and find my headlamps and throw that in my jacket pocket so that it's always there and I always have that. I'm in the same boat at the barn in the evening. If I forget my headlamp, I can't see to get the chores done. You only do it a few times before it becomes habitual that you grab it before you walk out the door and then you don't have to worry about it even when you're leaving when it's still light. So, you know, eventually it sinks in. We accept, we grow, and then we move on to the next challenge, which, again, that is the fun. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's riding in the weeds because we inevitably end up in the weeds, 
especially if you're riding a mountain bike, you're gonna end up in the rhubarb every once in a while, no matter how hard you try not to. We always slip, we always fall, and we always get back up again. There's many proverbs that speak to that. We won't go into those. And I think with that, I'm going to say that I am Natasha Lockie. What I do in this world is I work with women on mountain bikes in life to create their dream life, to build confidence and to really move through the trauma that they have in their world that is holding them back, stopping them from stepping into the business of their dream, the mountain bike ride of their dreams, or really just taking that big step and that big move to create the world that you want. You can find me on Instagram at Betty Gohard and on Facebook as Natasha Lockie. So please come and connect with me if you have any questions, if there's anything I can help with you. Always happy to have a chat. What about you, Jenny? Yeah, I'm Jenny Brandon. I'm an animal communicator and energy healer for animals and their people too. And you can find me on the web at soulpetconnections.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube under the same handle. And I help connect people and their pets on a deeper level so that everybody can get back to harmony and happiness, resolving some behavior and health challenges together. So love to hear from you if you um, have any questions about pets or animals. So thank you so much for joining us today on Riding in the Weeds. You can find us on all major podcast platforms as well as ridingintheweeds.com. We would love to hear from you, so please like, comment, and subscribe, and let us know if you have any suggestions or ideas for topics in the future. And please share this with your friends if you have someone you think would love this message. It helps us and helps us keep this going. Thank you. Have a great day.